Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Andrew Bowser. And I'm Sapphire Sandalo. And welcome to Alter Weekly. Coming up on the show, we talk about the 2001 classic, 13 Ghosts, and why Bowser hates it and why I love it. Then we talk with the real queen of horror, Zena Dixon, about the oft-forgotten 1987 slasher open house. But first, let's have a little check-in with each other, Sapphire. Sure. How are you doing this week? I'm doing okay. okay. Got my blood pressure pretty good, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know what, what you were going to talk about, but blood pressure, that's good. That's something to get under control. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't know what my blood pressure is these days. You should take it. Yeah, I should. It's probably high. It's probably high. <laughs> it's probably mm-hmm. high. Because you've been because I've pretty been stressed. Pretty stressed. I've been pretty stressed. Well, it's a weird uh zone to be in i'm both excited and stressed and it's yeah. it's because of this kickstarter that i launched about three weeks ago now <laughs> yeah for a, for a feature featuring my weird character onyx the fortuitous and it really it really blends my love of 80s horror into my uh i guess com- comedic persona and perspective that i've built with onyx and it is exciting and mm-hmm. i'm so excited and when i wrote the script i was nothing but excited but then, you know, the reality yeah. of, of trying <laughs> to raise this money is right. um, it, th- there's nothing to say other than it. It is a reality. It's a reality. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a fantasy. It's not like launch and then money just gets dumped on you. It's, you know, it's, Wait, a, it's not it's not <laughs> it's not as simple as that. You'd think it would be. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a lot of work day in and day out, uh, figuring out what amount of content output from me actually leads to new backers and yeah. and then what I have the capacity to put out there, you know, um, right. how many TikToks can I shoot? How many YouTube videos can I make? How many <laughs> podcasts can I try to guest on? And uh, you're constantly just doing math. Okay. What did that lead to? That led to this. And, and you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to be too pushy, but you also have to have a sense of urgency or else everyone's just like oh he's got it or you know i'll give it a little bit Mm -hmm. um so it's interesting it's definitely more it's more um it's just more than i expected (laughs) (laughs) the day-to-day the day-to-day right yeah Yeah. so i mean that's totally understandable. I feel like that's uh, your life motto. It this is. was more than this was I more. Expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I did have a bit of a dream that Onyx had kind of permeated enough corners of the internet over the years that just the announcement of this campaign would be enough to kind of draw out the fans. And it's honestly, it's going well. I need to. I. I, mm-hmm. I don't mean to sound. Uh, negative because it is going well we have hit our marks pretty much daily and at the time Good. of this recording yeah at the time of this recording we're at about 186,000 we need to be wow. at yeah totally uh we need to be at about 250 by March 9th okay. um but you know the further you get in you're wondering well have I have I tapped all of my community though? Is, is, is it going to kind of slow down and slow down until it grinds to a halt? You think it's hard to stay positive? (laughs) Yeah. It's a step. You would think someone who's like, I raised $186,000 in three weeks would have no problem staying positive. But yes, for someone like me, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's great. That's great. But we got to be at 250 by March 9th or it was all for nothing. And guess what? If you don't get to 500 right. by April 2nd, eh, you're a big joke. Yeah, I mean, I only <laughs> see, I only see the possibility of that negative turn 
And instead of being negative, which is just being negative, (laughs) which is being negative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I believe that the friction, mm -hmm. sorry. (laughs) No, go for it. I believe that the friction of constantly feeling the threat of the negative is what actually maybe propels me. So if I hear somebody say, dude, that's great. You raised 186 so far. I'm like, "Mm, well, yeah, it's only great (laughs) if we get to 500. So you know what I mean? I have yeah. to feel that that friction. I see that. You know, it's so interesting that you might, I don't know. I think you'd see why I'm saying this. <laughs> but there was something that I, I learned pretty recently about how people can interact with spirits. And you can't, I know that sounds like totally random, but I swear it's not. I love um, <laughs> that where this, I mean, I don't know where this is going, but I love that I don't know where this is going. Okay, good. So we, when people, okay, when people can interact with spirits, they are at the same vibrational level as those spirits. And so spirits, like, they're not really good or bad. They're just like higher or lower. And so lower vibrational spirits are the quote unquote demons, the stuff that like sucks your energy, the stuff that like keeps you down. And the things that lower your vibrations are things like anxiety, stress, Um, anger, stuff like that. But the things that raise your vibration to the point where you can uh, interact with like really cool chill spirits (laughs) is um, meditating, being positive as like lame as that sounds. Um, But like there is some truth in it. Um, And so the way that I see this and because I know that you've said people are telling you to stay positive and that's so annoying when you when you know the reality is like, okay, if I am celebrating this win it's not going to matter if I don't like achieve the actual thing I'm trying to achieve but it does help because I think by raising your vibration you're going to attract all the people who are excited too and it's going to make other people excited too and then they're going to want to contribute as opposed to you know being like almost too realistic about it because like totally. yes there's there's a chance to feel everything yeah but you know what will push you is by um i don't know raising that vibration <laughs> you're i mean you're so right i, I i've i have felt that even uh, so far like i but i don't have the language for it because i just don't think about it that way but like yeah. i did a live stream last week on my youtube channel where i just talked about the other characters in the script and mm-hmm. i was so stoked just like I was having so much fun and we had had yeah. a really good day when it come when it came to the fundraising and we'd hit our mark for that Friday. So that, that night when I did a live stream, I was just in a good spot. And I think yeah. we like that video then you know, raised another few thousand as it was kind of archived no. on my YouTube channel. And it was mm-hmm. me just like being in the pocket of having fucking fun. And yeah. the whole mm-hmm. reason I wrote the script was to just have fun. Like, Exactly. You know, Onyx makes me laugh. Sending him into this weird horror movie concept made me laugh. I had a blast writing it. And that is where I kind of need to stay. Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's true. And I felt that I just, then I just get, I I kind of revert to, well, you can't feel too good. You got to pour some vinegar in that, you know? And if you're going to be miserable the whole time, then it's extra uh annoying (laughs) exactly yeah 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 all right well you know what going into this weekend and next week i'm going to try to stay in that pocket of fun Mm -hmm. uh and just celebrate the little victories along the way talk more about Mm -hmm. the script and why i get like actual joy from it and not focus so much on whether or not we're going to meet every goal and 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 at what point and yeah and how failure is always just around the bend (laughs) <laughs> I won't think of any of that. What's the website? Oh God, it's onyxthemovie.com. News slash. All right, it's time for your news slash. Katie Siegel is headed back to Netflix with Hypnotic, 
Now, you may know her from Mike Flanagan's shows like The Haunting of Hill House or The Haunting of Bly Manor or the upcoming Midnight Mass. Well, the upcoming movie Hypnotic was announced by Variety. It also includes Jason O'Mara and Dulé Hill. It's about a young woman seeking self-improvement who enlists the help of a renowned hypnotist. But after a handful of intense sessions, she soon discovers unexpected and deadly consequences. Matt Angel and Suzanne Coote of The Open House are directing. Silent Night, Deadly Night is coming back with a brand new movie. Deadline reports that the new take on the franchise is coming courtesy of Orwo Studios and Black Hanger Studios. Scott Schneid and Dennis Whitehead, who produced the original Silent Night, Deadly Night, are back on board for Wonder Wheel Entertainment along with producer Anthony Massey of Massey Media. There's no word yet on the approach for this reboot or the creative team involved, but stay tuned. I'm sure we'll learn more soon. Aisha Tyler is directing a psychological thriller called Silent John that is set in Ireland. It's described as a socially conscious psychological thriller that explores the unholy fanaticism of a man lost in the chasm between faith, the church, and madness. Deadline reports that Aisha Tyler is on board to direct for Hidden Empire Film Group. Tyler says that Silent John is a terrifying portrait of institutional abuse and its lifelong effects on the psyche. Well, sign me up. And that's it. That's your News Slash. News Slash. Welcome to a new segment on Alter Weekly called Love It Slash Hate It, where Bowser and I discuss a film one of us loves and one of us hates. First up, 2001's 13 Ghosts. I feel like I should tell my experience with the movie first because mine's yes. kind of a bummer. And Great. like, yeah, and like perfect for the podcast. Well, well, what I'm worried about is either either I tell my bummer story first, but at least, you know, that that story exists or you go first. And maybe your your story of being introduced to the film is really light and fun. And then I follow up with like, well, guess what? I watched 13 Ghosts. You know what I mean? And then I bring it all down. Right, and, right, and right, I, right. I think it'd be better to, to know the bummer. <laughs> up top okay of course you have a bummer relationship with 13 ghosts of okay. course you do it's right. going it, it's, it on it's, me. i don't even think there's a way you could predict that this is my relationship to 13 ghosts but it actually is it tragic like, it yeah make me sad. it what? will make you sad i know i'm not even kidding that either was her- <laughs> oh my god. I'm only laughing out of the discomfort that will arise when I tell this story. Oh no. But, okay. Is it going to make me now hate the movie? No. No. It's Favorite. it's 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 not the movie's fault, but there is a there is a very specific stretch of films that okay. are vividly emblazoned in my memory mm-hmm. because they were released right around 9/11 and I was in New York for 9-11. Whoa. And attending film school. Um, yeah, I don't talk about it often. And and I and um, you know, it's 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 always it's a it's a weird thing to navigate because it means so many different things to different people. And you realize yeah. as you get older, um, like to younger people, it 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 sometimes doesn't mean much of anything. I mean, it's it's weird to have already met a yeah. generation that kind of jokes about it or or it's like mm-hmm. you know even if they know it's a serious thing but it's already utilized as a punchline to a you know for a different um yeah i know statement you, you know what i mean mm-hmm. so so serious thing out of the way it it was released october of 2001 oh right after right after and here's the thing i uh was it was going to film school sva in new york what wound up happening, uh, and I don't know that a lot of people know this outside of New York, but they opened up movie theaters for people like to go into for free and not every movie theater, but some chains were like, you know what? We all just need to escape. Like, let's just come on in. Uh, you know, I, wow. I remember specifically the United Artists um, in Union Square. I think it was just like, come on in. You could just go and sit in the movie theaters all day. So in a weird way, it, it, it's, 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 it's in my memory so vividly because we went to see 13 Ghosts the day it came out. Uh-huh. And my friends and I in film school were like, really, are we gonna go to see 13 Ghosts? Like, yeah, dude, we gotta do something. Um, and oh uh, all that to say, I have a vivid memory of seeing the movie, um, but you'd think it would have endeared me to the movie because escaping, I remember those weeks and months following and staying in New York and how uncertain and, and insane things felt. 
going into a movie theater still felt kind of comfortable and mm -hmm. and homey and just just escaping but somehow i still managed to hate 13 ghosts because of course you <laughs> so for me stylistically it's one of those early 2000s horror films that really made me struggle as a horror fan to even stay engaged mm -hmm. in the genre because it seemed to just have no real mood like shit just starts popping you know and it's like they're in a technically in a haunted house and yet there's really no nothing's held everything's just like grah, 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 grah. you know it's just an <laughs> assault and everything is that jittery late oh, yeah. 90s early 2000s music oh, yeah. video style of everything's mm -hmm. double and triple exposed it doesn't seem to have any originality it just has this like it's like looking at the denim uh outfits that justin and britney wore it's like that to me it's this it's this tacky style that that i don't even think affected very much outside of that era like i can look at stuff from the 80s and i'm like yeah but some of this stuff was really dialed in and actually was good for the genre but i can't see what in 13 ghosts was actually good for the genre <laughs> You don't think it contributed anything to the genre. I've got a couple of a couple of takeaways that I like about the movie, but I don't think I okay. should share them yet because Oh my god. I I, I I I dislike too much about it as a as a whole entity. Um yeah. like just, it, and a big thing is its early 2000s style. Right. It, is it, it it all feels like it's it it feels like the movie is low ride jeans as a movie. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but okay, I can see that. What do you like about Thirteen Ghosts? <laughs> and when did you see it? Did you also see it when it came out, or did you not rent? Did you rent um, it later, and and it was like, you know, at a sleepover right. or a party or something? Or well, let me tell you, Bowser. Okay. Um. <laughs> so now, before before I begin, <laughs> I do want to acknowledge this movie. <laughs> A hundred percent has flaws. Sure, I sure. know that it's not perfect. Sure, but does this movie fucking rip for me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it was so funny as I rewatched it. I was like, I bet you that's a part that Sapphire like <laughs> thinks totally rips. Like, <laughs> I I get that there's moments like that, but continue. I'm curious to know what those parts are. Yeah. Um. So first time I ever watched it. Actually, let me back up a little bit. So I know I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show yet, but I've mentioned this to you. Um, my mom, even though she's the one who introduced me to um, a lot of horror, like The Exorcist, The Fly, Psycho, I watch all of those with her, but I still wasn't allowed to watch like modern R-rated movies because she thought okay. they were too much. So that's where she drew the line. And so it had the only to be a time classic. Right. Yeah. To her, she's like, these, you got to watch these. Yeah. Um, but my cousins could do whatever they wanted. So whenever I hung out with my cousins, either at their house or my grandma's house, we always rented horror movies. And I remember my uncle, <laughs> so I'm just remembering this right now. My uncle's friend worked at Blockbuster. So we always got like a really good deal. And like whenever yeah. we went with my grandma, she was always like, oh yeah, and I'm, um, I'm Gabriel's friend. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm Gabriel's <laughs> mom not Fred. Um, and so he would get us a discount. Um, so we'd always rent a bunch of stuff. And so I remember I first watched 13 Ghosts at my grandma's house because my cousins had actually already seen it and they loved it so much. That's so that they funny were like, to me. It's we... so funny to me. <laughs> they were like, we have to watch this movie. And so like during the movie, they were explaining the backstory of all of the ghosts. And oh, you know, my... you know, how much I love a folklore, yes. how I love a backstory. Yes. And so I was like, this is so cool. Like, it was just so cool to me. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, yeah. that's totally what I, what I locked into that I thought you, you would respond to is <laughs> I love the idea that there's this like book, that there are these personalities attached to these entities and they have yeah. almost like, they each have a, almost like a supervillain persona. Mm -hmm. I do think that, rips um as i re as i revisited it because my friend and i that that saw it with me my friend that saw it with me back in 2001 we just joked about it we were like the th 13 ghosts because the 13 <laughs> is in know. the middle of the so we were like oh and i don't think Very admittedly silly. i don't think i had respect for like i always loved tony shalhoub and i loved matthew mm. lillard 
from uh-huh. um, SLC Punk and then and Scream, obviously, uh, but and even Hackers. But I don't think I had as much respect for the idea that both of those guys were still giving like pretty great performances in 13 Ghosts. Uh, whereas watching it now, I was like, dang, Shalhoub's like really dialed in. And Matthew Lillard's really dialed in. He's doing like his shit at like an 11. And so I did appreciate that more upon this return viewing. And I knew you'd like, like I had forgotten all this stuff. The idea that like the whole house was encased in these spells on the glass. I was like, I bet you Sapphire's like, that's tight. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. The production design of this movie is so cool. They built an entire house for this movie and all the walls of glass and it's got like writing all over the walls. I thought that shit was like, to me, that was so creative. I like, I'd never seen anything like that. I mean, that's true. I even felt that watching it again, I was like, what, why was there so much money spent on this remake? Like I was watching it thinking, you know, all of that, the, the mechanics that to be honest, even though some was like CG still was pretty yeah. convincing. Like a lot of the big gears, my biggest, mm-hmm. my biggest gripe is just outside of the stylistic gripe is that it still just amounts to very little character development for our, our leads. And then, you know, a string out of, of uh kills right it just kind of boils down to like a string out of kills when i feel like you got shalhoub you got lillard i mean you could probably do and you got f marie abraham you Mm -hmm. could do some i think you could do some they could have done some cooler shit with the talent that they had sure i (laughs) guess the thing (laughs) i'm looking for some kind of like tony shalhoub oscar performance in the middle of 13 ghosts i guess i don't know (laughs) i like this is a movie that let's see that came out what about around oh like tw- exactly 20 years, 20 years yeah. ago um this is i know i'm not like a huge person on remix but this is a movie i would love to see remade with all of my issues with it taken out because <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. i have issues with it yeah like um one issue is like the ghost rules like how they can interact with you um yeah. i know that it was a little bit inconsistent where like they can interact with you when they when they when you ha- don't have the glasses on or I don't know there's moments like that where it felt I was like, losing track of that too that logic yeah um like when it does felt the ghost too... become a threat when can it He's, yes yeah yeah physically yeah. harm you like yeah and that's that's my problem with a lot of um earlier actually even movies now that's one of my biggest pet yeah. peeves is when you can't really track like when the ghost is a real threat because then Mm -hmm. I don't know when to like truly worry for the Mm -hmm. characters. Yeah. Um, But like that aside. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's it's kind of like what I'm learning is like it's it's the way we're introduced to something is so important because. Oh, yeah. I'm willing to forgive so many flaws. Like when we talk about some of my favorite 80s movies and you're like, you like that movie that was literal garbage. And I'm like, (laughs) well, I don't even see the garbage as much because I'm mm-hmm. I'm seeing the things I liked about it and I'm treasuring those a bit more than I am judging the the shortcomings and it's similar with any movie that you're more attached to um it took yeah. me watching it again to even like see what was worth uh, taking away and actually mm-hmm. valuing in 13 ghosts cuz all I remembered was it was garbage. That's what I remember. <laughs> you know, that's so, it, it is really interesting. And I think that we don't acknowledge that enough when we talk about the media we consume, mm-hmm. because when, when we consume it, our state of mind, when that happens, affects it so much. Like there's movies where I cried that it, in a, any other time in my life, it probably wouldn't. Like I cried in a Pokemon movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. There was something about that story that hit me in that exact moment. And for sure, I don't know. Just like like watching that movie at my grandma's house with my cousins, we were just all like so hyped. We're like, yes, this movie's awesome. That's what I remember. And, and how fun to to. I didn't have the. Uh, no one else in my family was into horror films. It was like only my my thing. Once I did get into oh, them, but mm-hmm. uh, to get introduced to it by your cousins and for them to like already know that there's yeah. thirteen ghosts and there are these personalities, the jackal, <laughs> yeah. the juggernaut, uh, 
that I could see that being like enticing and exciting mm-hmm. uh, for you as a viewer. Like, oh, wow, this is going to be crazy. You know, this is going to be big. Um, yeah. It would have affected my, my viewing experience as well. In summation, I still would uh, not be able to say I liked 13 Ghosts. I don't have, okay. uh, the, you know, but, but to your point about when you take something in or when you digest certain media, uh, yeah, like there's movies that I cried at and I, that I can recognize are flawed, but I can't deny what Wreck-It Ralph 2 did for me <laughs> when I watched it on a plane, probably right. drunk. Um, yeah. You know, there it's it, I will defend it because of whatever mm-hmm. engagement I had with it on an emotional level. So I get that. Right. For me, 13 Ghosts, I probably would have had to come in at a different point in my life yeah. to like, to truly like it, but I do like the iconography of it. I love the idea mm-hmm. of a big fucking book that has these like biographies of. Yeah, I love that shit. I love uh, M. Beth Davids, the um, the the. I guess would she be a paranormal investigator? The one that shows up. That's like oh, Kalina. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what did she call herself? She called herself like a yeah. She had a name, right? Like a title. Possession something. I forget. Spiritual love re- that. Person. I do love that it opens and you're just in it. You know, it, like it just goes right from the beginning. And I love yeah. that too. <laughs> I do love that. I like F. Murray Abraham. Oh, I mean, I'm you ghost goggles, you know, sign me up. That's yeah. 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 <laughs> I want them. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was great, but it did make it hard to track the logic of mm-hmm. when these things when these things were a threat. I was confused about like the adult daughter and young son. Oh, that casting is weird. I actually right? I I picked up on that even the first time I watched it because I legit thought I was like, wait, is that his wife? Like I got yeah. really confused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a like a huge age gap and it's it's very strange. Um, but it's also fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's also um, fine. Another reason why I would love to see this remade is that I feel like this is the strangest thing about this movie is that it has so much lore that isn't discussed in the actual movie. So the stuff that my cousins were telling me was the stuff that was in the special features oh, on the wow. DVD. Yeah, because in the in the movie, you don't learn the actual backstory of each ghost. They all yeah. have names. They all have a story of how they became the ghosts that they were. And it's like, I, and I think I saw a, a tweet um, a month or so ago where someone's like, hey, what's a movie that you would love to see as a TV show? And I was like, 13 ghosts. It would, every episode would be how Cyrus captured each ghost. That's true. That is it. cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. And I do think it's, um, uh, I would, uh, I would appreciate a TV series or even a, another film version that's like, really brutal like it feels like it's just kind of made to be brutal right because these figures are supposed to be so imposing and terrifying that if those glass doors open you're fucked right and, um which you know kind of like the vibes toward the end of cabin in the woods when you know these creatures are <laughs> loosed there's no putting them back in the cage um i think it could be cool to do like a really brutal not that this one wasn't because this one was pretty graphic Mm-hmm. But considering like there's like this character, Jackal, is supposed yeah. to be the most dangerous one, but we never really see it do that much damage. I know, yeah. It captures Kathy, um, but she's able to escape pretty yeah. easy, like pretty unscathed. Like she has a couple scratches, it rips her shirt, but like that's kind of it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, well, if that's all it does, then <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's always it's always hard to man it's really it's hard to pay that stuff off right like in it follows it's like hey if it touches mm. you you're dead but not well but not if it's the main character if it touches the main character it just flicks right. the hair and runs away but oh my god if it touches you you know and you're like okay well if you're gonna say something is fucking it touches you and you're dead you gotta stick to it's gotta it. kill everything it touches. it's gotta kill yeah. everything yeah mm-hmm. oh, that is that's something that happens a lot um I was actually, this is totally unrelated, but I just watched The Host, Bong Joon-ho's. Yeah. Um, and like the, like it's killing all these people, but then it takes the daughter I to know, the sewer I and know. she lives. And I was like, why? Why did it have to be this way? I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, I still love, love that movie. 
Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. But yes, I mean, but that's it just goes to show you, even in a movie that fucking precise that I feel like is so taught, uh, there's still logic flaw. There's still, I always try to, try to remind myself uh, of this when I'm writing. I'm like, if you have to be obsessed with logic to a point, but there mm-hmm. is emotion and just kind of like, for lack of a better word, vibe that should carry the audience kind of beyond logic at certain points. Because yeah. if you were to like logic pick everything, I mean, even the greatest films of all time would would fall apart because, right. you know, right. they're not they're not real. They are inventions. Exactly. They are fiction. They That's are true. There, yeah. And another tweet that I saw that I'm remembering right now, I'm talking about Twitter a lot. Um, I'm usually not on Twitter. Um, but there was a tweet that was like, hey, movies are just supposed to be like symbolic representation or characters are supposed to be like representations of ideas. Sometimes they may not like yeah. be actual people, but like, I don't know that I was like, yeah, you're right. right. Like Sometimes yeah. things aren't going to make a whole lot of sense, but that's not the entire point of the movie. Right. They really are like distillations of reality, but they aren't, you know, mm-hmm. exact reflections of reality. Right. I just think it's the job of the filmmaker to kind of get you to a place where to you're, feel like it is real. Yeah. You're just buying in enough to forgive some of the some of the logic flaws. Right. Which 13 ghosts. <laughs> I, I guess say, I was like, which it did. No, <laughs> well, I guess arguably it did for you, and it it almost did for me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh my God, do you hear that? It's time for Better Off Dead. This week, we're joined by the real queen of horror, Zena Dixon, to talk about Open House from 1987. Well, thank you for being here, Zena. We're so excited to have you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for the invite. Again, thank you. I feel like uh, we have a very similar uh, like sweet spot for horror. You like a lot of the same 80s stuff that I do. Yes. Would you say that's true? Very true, very true. <laughs> and yet the, yet the movie that you uh, suggested we, we discussed t- today, I'd never seen, actually, I'd never even heard of. Wow, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Before we dive in to discussing 1987's Open House, um, for our listeners, why don't, you just, why don't you just tell us what you do and what podcast you host and what, uh, what you do with your YouTube channel, et cetera. Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Zena, aka Real Queen of Horror, or your best friend who loves horror movies, because I have a lot of friends who don't like horror, so I'm their best friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have a website, realqueenofhorror.com. I'm also a co-host of the Bloody Disgusting weekly podcast, uh, where I kind of give you like movie recommendations, because there's a lot of things to watch. There's a lot of streaming services with more on the way, so I know how hard it is trying to find something in that ever-growing queue, so I just try to make it a little bit easier for you. And uh, with my YouTube channel, I kind of do like list, you know, I'm not really great at doing reviews or it's not like my favorite thing to do. So because I watch like a ton of movies often, this is also just like a very easy way for me uh, with the list to keep track of them. So it's kind of like, it could be like top scariest teeth or top upcoming scary horror movies of 2021. You know, so different lists like that. Yeah, definitely. Kind of bite-sized way to digest something common about yes. all the movies. I love it. Well, uh, how's everybody doing tonight? How are you feeling tonight, Zena? Are you doing good? I know it's later where you are. Oh, I'm feeling good. I'm a, I'm a night owl. So this is okay, like, good. it's cool. So, In your element. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell us when you first saw this movie or heard about this movie? Was it on TV? Did you Did you rent it? I was a huge Adrian Barbeau fan, but I completely mm-hmm. missed this one. 
So our, I remember always seeing the poster when I was a kid, but I never watched it. You know, um, I grew up in the 90s, but I never watched it, you know, so it's like, you know, whatever. Years later, I want to say maybe this is like 2011, 2012. I'm minding my own business and I'm on YouTube. And then there's this <laughs> movie that pops up and it says open house. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. And, it, and it's the woman from the fog and, you know, creep show. And you, and you remembered the poster? <laughs> yes. And I remember yeah. the poster. So I was like, let, let me just watch this, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm so giggly because this movie is so ridiculous it it, it, <laughs> it really it's is so wild it is and i just want to apologize so the reason why <laughs> don't apologize <laughs> don't ever because... apologize for having us watch something this silly <laughs> okay because it's like i knew it was ridiculous and i didn't know if you you guys if you've seen it or not but if you didn't i'm like oh man i'm probably gonna ruin their lives and they're probably <laughs> never gonna want to talk to me anymore <laughs> no if anything i felt i was so glad that you had uncovered another like obscure 80s gem for me because as i'm watching it i'm like i mean i don't even know how to describe it for people that don't know it's like it's kind of about I real know, estate like, agents what is it like it almost feels like it feels like an episode of uh, like Silk Stockings. If anybody remembers that, what is it's that? like it, it's like almost soft core, like you know, late night, uh, <laughs> right? Late night USA, um, but then with a slasher, right? Right, and right. it's like okay. In my defense, it was like all right, so. I knew that like, for some reason, not a lot of people, they don't talk about this movie, which is understandable, but I like it. I have a thing for it. We talked about this like 80s cheese and you know, around, you know, the, the end of the 80s, 87, it was kind of like, we were kind of like the slasher, you know, genre was kind of ending, you know, before Scream, mm. you know, came back or whatever. So it's just like, we already seen it all except mm. for this. And it's just like, hey, that's pretty cool with real estate agents and stuff like that. But the guy who's doing it, it's just like, what is the point of this? There's, yeah. there's just so many questions. Like, there's so many. Like, I watched it again today just for a refresher. And it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And like, but I love it. But I love it so much. And so like, okay, can, can I tell you guys about it? Or should oh, I? Oh, yeah, please. No, please. Okay. Because Sapphire and I were talking about how we had just watched it, but we feel like we didn't see it. It's like... <laughs> I feel like I need to yeah. watch it two more times <laughs> to get what even happened because it's really right. hard to track. I'm so confused. Yeah. It's okay. First you have like, so the opening, there's this guy and I don't remember his name and I feel horrible, but I remember his real name. His last, I think his name's like Jeremy Bottoms, you know, and it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Right? The, the radio so, host. Yeah. And yeah. so like, oh, he's, doctor he's, something. Yeah, so he's kind of like Dr. Phil helping people solve problems, right? And a girl calls and it's just like she's she's confessing that she's sleeping with her dad. And it's just like, whoa, you know, <laughs> it was just so much already. And I'm like, okay. And then spoiler, she ends up killing herself on the on the air while on the line. So then fast forward, you know, um uh, some lady like she dies and you know, she's <laughs> she's a real estate agent. And then apparently with the detectives, they're like, oh, you know, this is not the first time. They have a whole case open about like this mysterious killer that's going around murdering real estate agents. And it's like, what is happening? So it turns out one of the scenes that just still will forever be in my heart, the scene where the real estate agent, she's showing like this family, like this home and there's like dog food on the floor, whatever. Yeah. So she's cleaning it up. Then she goes into the bathroom and she just starts screaming for like 60 seconds. And she's sliding down the bathroom wall, screaming because there's a dead body in the tub. There's flies. It says, what, what was it? Closed or oh. open? Some oh, yeah. There was something scrawled oh, on the wall, I right? Don't remember. Yeah, in right. blood. And the camera's so just, like going in and out yeah, on her, like, in and out. <laughs> right? And it's just like, it's like, what is happening? Then, okay, fast forward, we find out that it is like this serial killer who giggles named Harry. And Harry is a homeless man and he's upset. Mm -hmm that you know these real estate agents they're taking away his home because he's homeless and he doesn't have one and he eats dog food yeah. and you know for some reason he kills somebody with a toilet plunger with razors attached to it and it's just like that yeah. i've never in my whole horror life seen anything like that <laughs> and then 
So then it's just like, you know, cat mouse, cat mouse. We, we already know who it is. And it just gets more ridiculous. The music is outrageous. The characters yeah. are ridiculous and, and predictable. And then the killer, he has the longest monologue as to why he did it. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I first watched this movie, because his monologue was his monologue was that long that I remember that I was actually washing dishes and then I was folding clothes and he was and still, he was still going. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's you like, just like you just kind of like black out and he's still yeah, going yeah and then he was still talking and it was just it was ridiculous and it's like why is he giggling there again there's just so many things and it's like i know that it's ridiculous and i'm sorry i'm sorry that i recommended this one but i it was between this one <laughs> it was actually between this one and this other movie from 2005 called ice queen you know oh, wow i've also never heard of that it's never it's heard of that uh, either it's it's something. It's, Who, who's in Ice Queen? You know what? I don't know. It's is it just one I've of never heard it, of? Yeah, it's like one of those kind of no name. Yes. Yeah. And it takes place at like a skiing resort, you yeah. know, and it's pretty cool. Mm. So you know, it has like cool things. But you know, I love eighties movies, and yeah. you know, I I just had to watch this one. I had to check it off the list. Yeah, I mean that 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 is, you summarized the movie very well. That is what the movie's about. <laughs> There's a slasher who's iconic weapon is a, a toilet bowl plunger handle with razor blades. Mm -hmm. um, why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sapphire, you're you're not as much into the 80s stuff uh, as not. as we are. How did you take this in? Were, were there any elements that you thought were were uh, worth taking note of? Uh, hmm. I, you know, there's something so interesting about that very specific time period where this came out in 87, because there yeah. were these moments and these lines were like I felt like they were trying to address certain hot topic hot topics in feminism um mm -hmm. but in like a really weird way <laughs> like I don't know if yeah. you remember these I wrote some down but like when that guy I, there's a one I don't remember anyone's name by the way <laughs> so okay. there was a real estate agent who was doing an open house and then this guy was basically harassing her yeah. and oh then yeah yeah I think it's Lisa who comes in Mm -hmm. um, and then he's, I forget exactly what he says, but he says something like, oh, you're really confident or arrogant or something like that. And she's like, no, I'm just good. And I was like, ooh, I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> just like little moments like that. And I was like, ooh, okay. And then the rest of the movie is just like bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think the movie at any point really says something about the, the theme of this uh, homeless man being displaced and and the real estate, uh, what, what the industry kind of taking over, or does it not really make good on any of those statements? It just amounts to an '80s slasher. For me, it's just kind of just just an '80s slasher. I think that they were trying to do that. I yeah. really do. You know, I think that they were also trying to address how like there's a, a, a huge problem with people losing their homes and. You know, but they kind of like it's the music for me, you know, <laughs> where yeah. it's like they kind of like miss the Ooh. mark and and like his reasoning behind it. Like we already we knew who the killer was before, like 20 minutes before it was up. And right. But it really didn't. It was just like we're just watching him randomly kill women. And it's like we really didn't. This sounds horrible, but we had no connection. So we didn't really care. Yeah. yeah, about some of these people th that this was happening to. Um, and I, I think that they really did try to approach it in like a fun way with the real estate aspect, which is which it is, but it just didn't it didn't work fully. It almost yeah. at times felt to me there was a movie. Let me try to look it up. There was a movie out last year um, that that felt similarly like um, a soap opera mashed up with a horror film. And uh, hmm. let me try to look up what it was called. It was something murder. What was uh, it about? Well, it was uh, about a bunch of like pretty people in a, in a kind of model home getting killed off. Um, in a model home? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like a, like a model oh. home, like a home that- uh, Right, that was like just you look in it and you say, oh, I want house a house tours. Like that. Right, oh, yeah, cool. that's what it yeah. felt like at least. Um, let me look oh. up the name of it. That wasn't- open house well there's a, there's another open house no it wasn't no, the okay open house it, oh, which it is called, terrible by the way it was called deep murder Ooh, deep is it good or is it bad? it's it's actually about i enjoyed elements of it um okay. i don't think it fully succeeded in its 
execution of, of its concept either. But it, it was about, I think, actually like in, in a meta sense, I'm having a hard time remembering, but like an actual soft core porn film hmm. mixed with a slasher. So there was a moment during open hmm. house where I felt like, did they, you know how um, like Silent Night, Deadly Night, two is just kind of a remix of the first one. Mm -hmm. Like even using, I think the director had to use like 70% footage from the original. Right. And only shot, you know, 30% of new material. It almost felt like Open House was like uh, a canceled TV show that was just about sexy real estate agents that oh. they were like, oh, well, what are we going to do with this show that didn't air? Give it to a director <laughs> and turn it into a slasher. And then it's just oh. like, they shot, you know what I mean? It almost felt like it That's was exactly this, like, what it feels like. Yeah, like True. this, like it was retrofitted to be a slasher. If mm -hmm. that was what it was, I think it was one of the most brilliant works. <laughs> <laughs> then it's genius. Then it's genius. It is. If, if they really pieced it together from like the scraps of an old 80s right. uh, melodrama. I that's it. I don't think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the music got like really sitcom-y sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, wait, what is the tone? Like the soundtrack <laughs> changes from just like weird, like adult phone line commercial mm -hmm. to sitcom to, I don't even know. <laughs> it was yeah. all like, over the place. Even that sleazy guy who who was harassing like the, the, the women, he was like another real estate guy, bigger guy. And mm -hmm. his music, he had a theme song, you know? Yeah. And it was just kind of like, Every single time we would see him there, they're playing that song. So it's just it's like, true. okay. It's true. They had, it almost felt like they, which maybe for a, a low budget thing they did, uh, had to cut the score together out of existing scores or, or yeah. you know, like licensed uh, a music mm. library and just chopped stuff up. Uh, Cause it would be like, it would be like a music cue from an episode of ALF all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would be a horror movie. Yeah, so strange. Very, very, and just the last thing I, I wanted to—I meant to say yeah. earlier. Um, so when we finally, you know, the homeless man is with the doctor, and he has Lisa and stuff, and he wants the TV people to show up. Mm -hmm. When there's like a sight, a sight. There's like a fight sequence, um, and you know, there, every single time there's a punch, the music goes up, oh, and it's yeah. just kind of yeah, and it's just kind of like they're really trying, you know, they're really trying, and like. The director, his name is Jag something. Uh, I, I don't remember. It'll come back to me, drive me. Jag something. He directed this movie, another one um, called Hacker, Hacker Lantern. And Ooh, that was actually pretty. Name. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually pretty cool. It's a, it's a cool movie. I mean, but it is cheesy like, like this one. It, it's kind of very culty and, you know, cult stuff is kind of my jam. Yeah. So. Yeah, Jag Mundra. Mundra, uh, thank you. Who directed, wow, I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. There's a movie called Improper Conduct. A lot of them look kind of oh early God. 90s, <laughs> softcore. Um, I was going to ask, do you know if the director of this did many other horror films or was responsible for other horror films? They did Tropical Heat, Wild Cactus, L.A. Oh God. my God. The <laughs> Other Woman. All... <laughs> Legal tender, last call. Oh my gosh! And then yeah, hack a lantern. There we go. Just, oh. just that, I only watched that one. I don't know about the other ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So, arguably, not a lot about the original film would work for a modern audience. It's steeped in a lot of the tropes of '80s films and even the sounds and sights of campier 80s movies. But if somebody came to you and said, we, we own Open House, like as an, mm -hmm. a, a property, uh, what could you do to make Open House relevant for a modern audience? And you could rewrite it from page one, but is there a, a new way into this premise? You know, it still has to be Open House, 2021. Yes, yes. Okay, so there's actually a reality show on Netflix, uh, Sunset, su Selling Sunset, uh -huh. and it's about, you know, fancy real, real estate women, and they're, they're selling, like, these mansions and $19 million homes, you know, making commission with their fancy purses. Oh, that's what the yeah. guy said, with their fancy cars or whatever. Oh, yeah. Anyway, 
So I feel like it could totally work. All we would have to do Mm -hmm. is just modernize it. We can keep the same concept where maybe they can be targeting. um, It could be like a particular company or it could just be real estate in general. Because I'm thinking that'd be kind of hard to track down every single one. So I think that it should be a particular company. um, And it can be in, you know, I don't know, Los Angeles, New York, Mm -hmm. you know, just, just something like that. But it, the killer would have to be different. Like it's not going to yeah. be a homeless person. Like we have, we need to work that out like better. Maybe, maybe yeah. it could be like someone who was fired years ago and they lost everything or th- their parents were, you know, were fired and now they're really cuckoo. You know, that, that could be yeah. a thing. I would prefer <laughs> that over this random guy with a long monologue. So that's what I think. Yeah. The, 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 the studio tells you, that's all fine and good, but he has to have the toilet bowl handle, the toilet bowl cleaner handle with the razor blade. That stays in. Okay, well then he that can be something that he just carries with him, yeah. but he never uses it. I would right. rather him strangle people yeah. than use that. He just happens to have that over his shoulder though. Uh, Sapphire, what do you think? Is there a modern take on, uh, on open house or is this better off dead? Uh, you know, I mean, what Zena mentioned with like the selling sunset thing, um, people are really fat. Like it's, it is a conversation happening right now. Like, you know, eat the rich and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I feel like there's something there. Like when that Ooh. part came up in the original movie, when he mentioned like, oh, you like, or when he mentioned um, like how all these people are buying these big houses while he's suffering. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like, I remember my ears perched up. I was like, oh, a message, kind of. <laughs> and yeah. then it just, like, didn't really carry through the rest of the movie. <laughs> but, like, I felt like it had something. It was trying very not that hard to say something. But I felt like if that could be expanded into a movie, I think yeah. it could work. That's yeah. definitely something that people are talking about now. Totally. It could be called Open House, Eat the Rich. That sounds spicy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Greenlit. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> ultra weekly just greenlit that idea <laughs> yes. well Zena, thank you for having this conversation with us We're, we'll have you back and we'll just talk about jag mundra's other films <laughs> like night eyes last call <laughs> uh we'll do a jag Ooh. mundra special with you <laughs> okay I'm, I'm open to that let's do it <laughs> where I'm can scared. everybody yeah <laughs> sapphire is gonna sit that one out where <laughs> Where can everybody find you on social media so they can uh, stay up to date with what you're doing? Sure. So I'm always on Twitter, lurking, lovely Zena. And then I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Real Queen of Horror, also realqueenofhorror.com. And if you don't want to see my face, but you want to hear my voice, the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, new episode every Wednesday. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. Before we sign off, here's what's coming up on Alter this week. Dog skin on March 5th. A man on the run is haunted by visions of a dog that transforms into a mysterious woman every night. Then, snake dick on March 8th. Jill's got the snake, Julia's got the flute. Alone, they have nothing, but together, they have a secret weapon to fight the darkness. Then, the chippy on March 10th. A young boy braves a notorious chip shop to find his missing brother. That's all for this week's episode of Alter Weekly. Until next time, stay altered. If you want to join us next week on the Alter Society, then watch Wrong Turn, the 2021 version. That's what we're going to be discussing. And let us know what you think at the community tab on Watch Alter, and maybe we'll read your comment on the show. You can catch new episodes of Alter Weekly every Thursday. Get it wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to subscribe and download. Alter Weekly is produced by Andrew Bowser with theme music by Sapphire Sandalo. Alter Weekly is executive produced by Stephen Michael and Lauren Palmer at Gunpowder and Sky. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.